What's up, Z-Pack? It's finally working. I tried to go live a little earlier. It didn't work. Okay, check it out, guys. Today's episode, and you're going to hear my daughter practicing violin because that's how we roll in this house. It's multitasking. Um, hopefully, this is working. I'm going to pull up your comments here if I can. There we go. I think I can see them on my computer. All right. You guys may have seen I posted earlier a CNN story that was really, really, really sensational, meaning it got your attention right away. It was a about a story about an 18-year-old girl who had a brain aneurysm who was medically kidnapped by Mayo Clinic's rehab, inpatient rehab division, uh, and was broken out in dramatic fashion by her family, and it was caught on video by the family. And that very act of catching this escape on video, I think, probably sensationalized the story enough that it made CNN into a, uh, into a big piece with a couple of pages and a lot of drama that we need to talk about, not just as healthcare practitioners, but as patients, and from both a, a medical and an ethical standpoint. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't have the answers here, but I have a way that I think we can think about cases like this, particularly when we see them in the news. And already I can tell by the comments, this story is insane, says Ashley Fields. You got the facts, I hope, says Michelle McLaughlin. Let me tell you what I have. I have a way to look at this case so that we can look at all sides of this and understand that CNN is going to push this case out and in the family's interest too, because they want their story told with a, with a certain framing. What we're not really seeing, it's very similar to what happened with the Baltimore case of the patient who was uh, kicked out by the ER with mental illness. What we're not seeing is obviously the full other side of that story. And I can tell you, I've gotten a few messages that make me think there is a very deep other side to the story, but due to HIPAA is one piece, right? Apparently the family has given them permission to talk about stuff, apparently. But the other thing is professionalism. So Mayo has said through their statement that they don't think it's appropriate to talk about what's going on with the family uh, publicly. So whether they're, you know, people will interpret that there's hiding something, you know. What I will suspect, and we'll talk about the story, is that there was a lot of stuff that went on with this case. And the bottom line is, no matter who you believe, it should never have gotten to the point where I'm doing a show about it, where CNN has it on their front page and it's creating national and international outrage, okay? It should never have gotten to that point. Uh, and let's talk about the story real quick for people who are uh, not caught uh, up on this. So the story is this young girl, um, Alyssa, uh, has a brain aneurysm on Christmas Day, 2016, Gets, uh, has to get transferred to Mayo. There's an ice storm. There's a lot of drama there. Ends up giving, being given, given, according to the family, a 2% chance of surviving. Survives. The neurosurgeons do a tremendous job, according to family uh, uh, information they're giving. And she survives. A month later, she's transferred to what I presume is an inpatient rehab facility, also run by Mayo Clinic. So in the rehab facility, things start to go wrong in terms of the relationship between the team taking care of Alyssa and the parents. And the main parent who's discussed is the mother, uh, Amber. There was a lot of conflict. There was a lot of disagreement around her care. 
reading the full story, the text part of it on CNN, because the video part doesn't really go into detail. It just really talks about this dramatic escape from the Mayo Clinic that was holding her hostage. And understand this now, I, again, I am always going to come from a subtle innate bias towards, I feel like the facilities are always going to get an unfair rap in the press because they are hobbled by their inability to tell the full nuanced story. However, the medical records the family does have, and so those are public, but probably what's not told is the stuff that wasn't put in Epic, right? So that being said, what happened was the mother started getting in conflict with the team. Uh, according to the descriptions, it, it got to the point where she was uh, asking for certain uh, doctors to be removed from the care. Uh, it got worse and worse to where she apparently uh, opened a door on a meeting because they were talking about her daughter and the team got very upset with her. Uh, I think security advised her she couldn't be there, the family. And unbeknownst to the family, the team, apparently social work, started looking at uh, guardianship, uh, conservator options for the patient in the assumption, we're assuming that they assumed the family couldn't uh, make uh, wise decisions for this patient. Now, that's a big, big deal. We all know, anyone who works in this space, that it's very hard to get conservatorship. Now, remember, this young lady uh, is recovering, so you know she's aware, she's alert, presumably. Um, the debate about did she have capacity to make decisions, and remember there's a distinction, and I talked to uh, my friends uh, at the, in, in Stanford in their ethics department a little bit on the back end about just some of these details, and again, we can dive deep in a future show, and I'd like to have them on again to talk about this because they're the pros in this, and they're kind enough to help me understand a little bit. You know, there's a distinction between capacity, which is a patient's ability to communicate decisions, uh, um, understand what's going on in their care, appreciate the sort of differences and, and the causes and, and results of decisions, and um, rationally, you know, kind of reason through them. And that's one thing. And then competence is a different thing. It's kind of a legal definition. And that gets into the thorny issues of you know, conservatorship and all that. So they were, Mayo was apparently seeking somebody to make decisions for this patient that wasn't the family. Now, I'm glossing over some of the details in the story because again, we don't know them all. All we know is what the family conveyed and what the family shared through the medical record and the family's representatives in CNN. So we don't have the details of this. Now, people at Mayo who've reached out to me who have not worked on her case have said, it takes a lot to get the staff and the team there to take these measures. It means that there was something that isn't reported that the family may have done in terms of conflict, in terms of interfering with care, in terms of those things. Now, we don't know, we can only speculate, but what I wanna say is, this is the piece that will not be reported clearly because Mayo in their statement is very vague and they're trying to, I imagine, and again, I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt, then they're not trying to hide something because again, this could be a legal case. Um, it, it's, it's pretty clear that something escalated to where the, t the staff and the family were at deep odds. And the question is, was the daughter, was the patient actually you know, able to make decisions and was her decision to try to leave? Family said it was, patient after the fact said it was. Um, and so what happened was family said, listen, we need to transfer out of here. We wanna go to another facility. Mayo apparently said no. Now the question is, did another facility accept her 
And was, was Mayo refusing to transfer? Was there another medical reason not to transfer? And why was it that uh, the family's wishes, because even if they're being disruptive and interfering with care or threatening staff, whatever, we don't know what happened, right? I'm just speculating. Now, I'm not saying that happened. I'm saying even if they had done that, they still may have the capacity to make decisions for her, medical decisions for her. And they're saying we want her transferred. That was never done. It was not clear, and, and according to CNN, there was no documented evidence of an ethics consult ever being made. Now, these are ways, like this communication failure and this antagonism between staff and family, that's where things really went off the rails. Apparently, the patient advocacy uh, advocate representative was talked to and spent some time with her, but it's not clear that anything was resolved. So what ended up happening was, uh, after you know failing to get her transferred, et cetera, the family uh, came one day, brought a camera, and in amazing footage and truly, from a medical staff standpoint, outrageous, it seems, they told the staff that her uh, grandma, Betty, was visiting and that the only way, Betty couldn't come in the hospital because she was debilitated, so they had to bring Alyssa down in a wheelchair, so the family rolled her down with two nurses' aides uh, accompanying, Right. And again, it was framed as, you know, they're keeping guard on her, according to family. And so what ended up happening was <laughs> they roll her out into the lobby and they have this all on video. And you should check the video out. Turns out car pulls up. It's mom. It's not Grandma Betty. They pull her out of the chair. One of the CNAs tries to kind of grab her arm and the, and the, the stepdad says, get your hands off my daughter. Put, they put her in the car, uh, close the doors and drive off. And according to the rest of the story, they drove straight, you know, the police were called and it was reported as an abduction from the hospital. Police were called, tried to follow her through cell phones. They turned the cell phone off. They end up in South Dakota. Police ultimately reviewed things, talked to family and said, you know what? This is not an abduction. Family and patient both agree they want to be gone. Uh, they end up stopping at Walmart, getting some supplies. She had a G-tube still. Her trach had just been pulled out a few days prior or a few weeks prior, had the bandage over the scar. So, I mean, this is a, a young lady who was still in the throes of rehabilitation. This was not full recovery. This is not someone who's walking out of the hospital, all right? So all that being said, they end up in South Dakota, get a second opinion from Sanford Health over there. And the Sanford Health guys, according to the family, said, you know what, now she doesn't need to be inpatient. We can send her home and get follow-up. We can do this, we can do that. And the cut to the chase, months later, she's graduated from school. She's doing better on recovery. She's speaking. She's moving around with a walker. So, of course, now the framing publicly is that this was a medical abduction that Mayo held her against her will, that they tried to manipulate the family out of control of her. And it's not like these things haven't potentially happened in the past, right, uh, at, at certain at other facilities. So, there was some, you know, at least uh, emotional precedent for this. So now everybody's freaking out. Now, here's the thing. There's a lot of other Maneuf sites other than CNN, right? Who, how are you going to actually figure out what's going on? The first thing I want to impress on you guys is there is no way to know exactly what happened because you're not going to hear the hospital's full side of it. And people who think they've heard the full side from the hospital are just simply wrong. Um, the second thing is this was entirely preventable. It really was. And it, that, that means that there's, there's no excuse on the hospital side to not have de-escalated this in some way, shape, or form, whether it is find a transfer facility that's willing to take her and do the transfer. And again, we don't know the details of what was actually explored. Apparently, according to family, it wasn't explored. Um, 
or uh, uh, really have some mediation with the family and figure out what's going on. And this is the inpatient, presumably the inpatient rehab side. This isn't the neurosurgery side. So I'm sure they deal with families like everybody under a lot of stress. And should an ethics consult have been called? Well, most certainly, especially if you're going to be asking, trying to get conservatorship for this patient who has two functioning adults as parents and the question of her, the patient's own capacity needed to be addressed. And again, we don't know the details of that. After the fact, it's easy to see she's making decisions now. Now, the way this is framed in the comments to what I posted is some people are like, we're not, we're missing it. This family's clearly crazy. They are brainwashing their uh, brain damaged child who underwent an aneurysm and the hospital is tied and can't really say what's, what's going on. The other side of the argument is no, <laughs> We know Mayo Clinic and these big institutions, they're ego-driven, they won't listen to the family. If the family, and, and it was actually admitted by one of the board, former board members of Mayo Clinic who sort of took the family side, they said, you know, it's pretty clear that Amber, the mother, probably said some words she shouldn't have said. So who knows what actually happened, right? But there was clearly conflict that really uh, created a tension uh, on both sides. So. Um, you know, they literally held her hostage and they should have let her transfer and so on and so forth. Now, we don't know uh, the fundamental answer, but we do know that, again, if there was a transfer facility, uh, this is someone with presumably parents who are making decisions, they should have allowed a transfer most likely. And again, this is armchair quarterbacking after the fact. Um, the uh, abducting or, or, or absconding with her from the front of the hospital was tremendously dangerous. Uh, and I don't care what anyone says, that is a tremendously dangerous move for someone who's a month out of a major brain bleed and is under medical care, you know, 24 seven. Uh, so there, you know, the family did try certain things, uh, to get her out, but this seemed like a very, a very aggressive move. And again, it's hard to condone that from a medical standpoint, no matter what the sort of details are. Uh, now, there was a lot of activity on Facebook from the mom trying to rally support and that sort of thing. And, and so she made a lot of effort, it sounds like. And uh, it was a, it sounds like an ordeal for the family. And it sounds like an ordeal for the patient, especially the patient says after she left, she felt this huge relief. So something in the communication obviously fully fell apart. And honestly, guys, that is on our side as healthcare providers uh, to mediate that or to get help to mediate that so it never gets to this level. Let's read some, uh, some comments here. What's the motivation for Mayo to keep her if it wasn't necessary? I can't see them doing it on ego alone, says Trent. I, honestly, I don't think, if I'm just speculating, you guys know there is no, I don't care what kind of insurance you have, no one is keeping someone just to keep them. We really don't do that. Uh, unless you're in a real backwards fee-for-service kind of environment where it's you know some podunk hospital and there's a doc there just trying to bill. And we have seen that. We see it in Vegas, to be honest. I heard a physician in a lounge in this town, a hospitalist, refer to a patient as his personal ATM machine, that he just brings him in, he's had some chronic disease, and just bills codes every day. He doesn't even see, he just makes a U-turn at the foot of the bed. It is disgusting. So we don't, uh, we don't excuse that kind of behavior. We don't deny that it happens. I doubt that that was what was going on here because as we know, we try to get patients out as quickly and safely as we can. Uh, and typically, actually, there's financial, financial motivation to do that as opposed to keep them in the hospital. So it's not clear. I actually think they really did think she needed to be inpatient and they were worried. Uh, but again, it's speculation um, because in South Dakota, they felt the opposite. 
so, and again, getting a second opinion, allowing a second opinion is a key part, I think, of the ethical care of patients. And at another time, we can talk about capacity and getting into the details of did she have capacity to make decisions? What does it mean to get a conservatorship and how hard that is and to do it without the parents knowing? Um, so um, that being said, boy, these comments go by so fast, they're hard to read. Um, doesn't everyone have the right to leave AMA, Taylor Rodriguez? Uh, yep. It really depends if you're on a 72-hour hold. There are other extenuating circumstances where you know the, the hospital could keep you there because you're a danger to yourself, danger to others, et cetera. In this case, though, uh, it's not clear that that was the case. It's also not clear what Alyssa's uh, wishes were at the time. So we'd have to dig into, was she saying she wanted to go directly? Uh, or was this the family saying that? And was the staff concerned that there was a lack of capacity for her to make decisions? Those are all the nuance in this case. So the bottom line, guys, is when you look at stories like this, it's easy to get very angry. Uh, what you have to do is really look at it from a balanced perspective, talk to a lot of people, and you really have to understand that you're not, in medical stories like this, you're not going to get both sides of the story until it maybe comes out in court, uh, because if it ever came to that, because the hospitals in general are not going to speak uh, publicly about the details of patient care for a variety of reasons, one of them being professionalism, another being HIPAA. Uh, and so you really have to kind of dig into uh, the nuance and the detail. So that being said, I think even just having this conversation hopefully prevents another case like this from happening where people can actually step up and have um, uh, a mediation conversation, get your ethics committee involved, have the family at, at the table there having those conversations because we've all been through these conflicts on both sides as patients and as providers, we've been through that. Um, so... All that being said, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to tell you guys about uh, with this. Um, yeah, I mean, that's really the main thing. And I think the bottom line is I think there's a lot deeper to the story that we're not hearing. Uh, so we should understand that. All right, guys, on that note, let me know in the comments what you think. Uh, if you have information that you want to privately share that I won't publicly share, you can feel free. But please don't violate HIPAA. Uh, and golly, I think we're out. Hit share. I love you guys. Peace. Hey, it's Dr. Z. Thanks for getting through the whole episode. That's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> and so at this point, I just got to ask you for a few favors because it just helps us so much if you leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe. It, it just really helps the algorithm to get this message out to others. The second thing is email me, hello at zdogmd.com. I get all these emails personally. I can't respond to them all, but I need to hear your voice because especially on podcast, we don't have a comment section. And I wanna hear how this episode affected you, what you'd like to hear in the future, what you think we got wrong, what we think we got right, anything, anything, or just say hi. So that's really powerful. And the third thing is, Financially, it helps us a lot to support the show in any way you can. And if you go to zdogmd.com forward slash supporters, you can join our supporter tribe on your favorite platform, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. What that will get you on those platforms is live shows with me that are exclusive for supporters and access to our Zoom meetings where we talk about awakening realization and we share with each other our own experience. It's a powerful group effect. It's a community, really. And we support and love each other and share, again, through our own experience, how we're waking up. So, and that that ripples out into systems, into transforming healthcare and education and government. 
So it st really starts with us. So join us there if you can. Again, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters. And I'm so grateful to have you with us.